Welcome to a special episode of Retro Fanfic Retrospective, the podcast where usually we talk about old fanfiction and expose it to the cold, harsh light of 2024, where it then withers into dust. My name is Amato, he, him, and with me are... Dory, they, them. And Della Van Helsing. <laughs> is that- oh, you're a descendant. Is, well, I was going to say, is that her last name or are those her pronouns? <laughs> Van and Helsing. Yeah. She, her, Van Helsing. <laughs> Have we all watched What We Do in the Shadows? Yes. Uh, the, the movie? No, the TV show. I haven't, but I've not been on TikTok long enough where I know all the important quotes and sounds. All the running jokes. <laughs> I mean, the movie's I, great. I was talking about the movie, so no, I have not seen the TV show. I didn't know there was one. The TV show's also great up until the point where, like, they kind of clearly are like, well, we need to get keep it going for another season, so let's change the premise this way or go circle mm. back around to how it was before. Like, I mean, they kind of ran out of steam. Gotcha. Anyway. I wonder. But, but I can't tell you how many times I've heard heard the sounds from it using different tech talks. Like, gay is in, gay is great. <laughs> over and over. And like, the finest things in New York City. New York City. Maybe I have seen this. Yeah, I don't recall. Doesn't really matter because that's not what we're talking about. No, no, we're we're talking about something else. I do appreciate the TV show has has you know a goth female vampire that seems interesting. She's great. I'm sorry, go on. <laughs> great performer. Um, yeah, yeah, we're talking about vampires, just vampires in general. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. no, actually, last month. Tori and I were able to go see a production of Dracula, a feminist revenge fantasy, really, which is, of course, the original title of Bram Stoker's novel. Um, yeah. yeah, it should be apparent that's a direct qu- quotation of the title. Dracula, <laughs> a feminist revenge fantasy, really. Yes, <laughs> yeah. which is a new stage adaptation of Dracula that was put on by Portland Center Stage uh, you know, in November and December of t- last year. They a few weeks ago, 2023. Yeah. 2023. Not can, that long ago. Yeah, you can say we, we start the intro with the current year, so <laughs> <laughs> you, you can date it. Yeah. Right. It was adapted by Kate Hamill and directed by Marissa Wolf. And I do just have to say, because we were talking about Pokemon earlier, that looking at the, um, the credits, the sound designer was Ash. Mm. Okay, very good. <laughs> <laughs> As in Change they were... Turned into dust because they were staked by a. Never mind. Uh, that's also that's also a good one. <laughs> okay. Well, while you two are talking, can I take a look at the program? Yeah, sure. That's okay. It's of course the way Portland Center Stage does it. It's like half the program for this, half the program for something we didn't see. Oh, oh, yeah, and also a lot of advertisements. And also a lot of advertisements. Oh my god. Well, it's like that, or it was an Oregon Shakespeare Festival, I think. I'm talking. Uh, uh, you're talking. I'm here. Go for it. Keep going. Uh, I mean, that's that's about it, right? Oh. I just remembered I cut mine up for a collage. Oh, especially that nice. page. Anyway. Oh, tomorrow. Yes, listeners, you can see funny. the page I'm pointing to. Well, yeah, so but... that's the thing. Out of all of the fanfics we do, sometimes we do really obscure, like, oh, this is in a, you know, old fanzine and I'm going to have to scan it, or it's an old fanzine and I forgot to scan it, mm-hmm. or whatever. But this is probably the least accessible thing that we've discussed on this show because you can't see it. You can't get the script. No, but you, you can read Dracula. You can, yeah, okay, you can't really. You can read Dracula. You can do that. You can experience other adaptations of Dracula. And I'm sure um, our discussion is going to be so thorough and like detailed that it'll be as if you saw it. And we're not yeah. going to just randomly lurch around from topic to topic. No, we're going to describe every like minute scene by scene, micro expression. Yes, scene by scene that every actor is given. Um, um yeah. Ready, buckle in. I think technically this might be the most. Uh, hard to access, but 
I think it is in a category that's safely full of stuff for us. Yeah, that's true. In fact, it's kind of surprising we haven't read any Dracula fanfic yet because it's one of the big published fanfic topics. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, along we haven't with done any, Sh- any Dracula? I don't think so. It's kind of crazy, but uh, yeah, we've done things that are loosely based on Dracula. We did a Vampire Hunter D. We did Sherlock Holmes. But yeah, we really Sherlock, no, we haven't well, did, done any does, direct. Does Dracula, Dracula show up in a Night in the Lonesome October? It feels like he should. Yeah, yeah, it does. Okay, yes. there's a vampire. I think there's a vampire. It's implied to be Dracula. Well, that's close yeah. enough for a Night in the Lonesome October. Okay, so we've had a, a Dracula cameo. Yeah, we we got a lot of Dracula. Yeah, because that's the thing is like Dracula is so foundational a text for vampire authors. That so many vampire authors have their works also be Dracula fanfic. They're like, oh, well, obviously that happened. Obviously, Dracula is a person who existed exactly, and everything yeah. that happened in Bram Stoker's novel happened. Like, it's very common. And it's gotten to the point where it's gotten like um, kind of flanderized, I think, kind of like extreme. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a, for some games and things, it's a, Dracula is a genre. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, and, yeah, I, I'm listening to a, a actual play podcast. Uh, the Adventure Zone, mm-hmm. and the latest uh, season is called All Draculas All the Time. Mm. That was actually a one shot that kind of happened. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, um, well, it was like everyone's a, a vamp, uh, a Dracula, but one of them secretly not, or something like one of those like uh, one page RPG things. Right, right. But the, the, their new season is The Adventure Zone versus Dracula. There you go. Yeah. Sure. Look, I was, you know. <laughs> I was reading another book on Chris Claremont's X-Men. It's like Dracula's a Marvel character. Dracula, like, mm-hmm. you know, shows up all over the place. Dracula's in everything. Dracula is a... I forgot how, how much energy, zero power card that when you just... At the end of the game, you discard a card and gains that power. That's right, yeah. In Marvel <laughs> with <Snap>. Apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I mean... Uh, I was just thinking about in some silly TV show... I can't remember what it was, but like there's this point where they like sounds like it was probably Seinfeld, but I don't think it was where they have an argument about how like someone calls vampires Draculas. Right. Yeah. Community like uh, like the the first episode, the first season, like Troy and Abed have like a couple's costume. And then like they get ma- made fun of it and Troy gets uh, uh, self-conscious. So he like just takes off his shirt and puts on like a. Or that seat cover writes Dracula. He just says, I'm a sexy Dracula. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think our main point is that Dracula and vampire are very synonymous in our culture. Th- that is true. But I also just want to comment that in addition to everybody using Dracula as a character, because he's a public domain character, you can. Everybody knows him. He's immortal. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone uses Dracula as a character. In addition to that... People doing fanfic that more explicitly grapples with Bram Stoker's Dracula is also not uncommon at all. Mm-hmm. And so I'm thinking mm-hmm. of things like Anno Dracula by Kim Newman. It's a book sure. I, I like. And that one's like, what if Dracula had won in the events of Dracula mm-hmm. in Bram Stoker's? Or, you know, this, this play we're about to theoretically talk about, which is also like, yeah. it's just a fanfic of Bram Stoker's Dracula, where it's like, what uh, if... Sorry, go on. I, well, I guess we're going to talk about that, right? Yes. Sorry, I was just about to like debate whether it was we could call it necessarily a fanfic. It is a fanfic. It yes. is a fanfic. Yeah. But almost what shocked me about it is almost every plot event is the same. I they, guess let's talk about that, right? Yeah. Yes. Because our expectations that. going in, all I knew was the title, 
which is Dracula, a feminist revenge fantasy, comma, really. I think there were some billboards around town that promised like a lesbian Dracula stuff. Yes, I oh, thought sure. it was going to be much more queer than it was. And it wasn't not queer, but the, well, well, the title yeah, makes anyways. it sound like it's going to be more of a parody, right? Like some kind Certainly. of, you know, kind of jokey approach. And in fact, what we got was literally the story of Dracula. Mm hmm. All the horror intact, and in fact, all the horror played up pretty effectively. Yes. And just things changed so that it's a feminist text. Yeah, and like, mm. like Nina Harker being assertive. That. Oh, sorry. Right? <laughs> it's like it was just changed to make it a feminist text, and everything else was left intact, which was not what I was expecting going in. Right. And, and this is something we'll probably get to, but I don't want to speed us up too fast, um, that I'm not sure if it quite worked, mm -hmm. but... What they did do is so they make, you know, spoiler alert for something you can't see. Um, <laughs> Mina Harker at the end does not wither away from preserving her chastity or whatever. She goes and she has to stake her husband in Van Helsing. And this is a woman, a black woman, played by a black woman. Um, and so she and is, and is a woman in the story. Um, and so they kind of like, it's implied they team up to fight vampires at the end, Mina. And... Or if not now, that they might in the future, right? Yeah. That she's kind of on vampire watch now. Yeah. But it, it's not just that kind of ending. It's like from the first scene with the female leads, we have Mina and... Uh, um, I'm blanking. Her friend. Her friend. Oh, gosh. Vampire. Um, Lucy? Lucy. Lucy. Yes. Love vampire. Right. How'd you get <laughs> I knew it started with an L. Well, Della, you're the one holding the program. Well, I, I, I am, but I'm opening to the page. Let's talk. That's an interview with the playwright. Right. Um, Kate Hamill. So, like, we, we have their first scene with them because Mina's visiting Lucy and, like, Lucy's engaged to be married. And they're talking. And, you know, Mina's already married and, and pregnant. Mm -hmm. Is that in the original? I don't think she was pregnant no. in the original. I can't remember, and so, actually. Part of. Maybe? I remember I Renfield Eats Bugs. Yes. Uh, yes. The main character is surprised by Paprika. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what I'm getting at is Mina and, Luce, and Lucy's discussion. The important points, sorry. Well, this is also very anecdotal, but like uh, maybe a little bit out of high school or something. When when our, our friend Ryan was doing like a little bit of like acting mm -hmm. and did some stage play, like he'd ask anybody, has anybody read Dracula? It's like I had like read Dracula or like listened to a book on tape version of it like a year ago. And he asked me what the main character was like, and I went off for a bit. Like, oh, he's this weird wimp guy. Uh, it's in diary format, so you hear what he thinks. He's like, like entry one, these people are weird. Soup is good, paprika. Entry five, this guy's a vampire. What do I do? <laughs> it was funny because he, he that was he was doing it because he was wondering because that was the role he got cast in. <laughs> he was Jonathan Harker. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. I'd forgotten who he played. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, you know, it's funny when you said the main character. I was like, all right, Mina. <laughs> but that's probably because we just watched this play and Mina is definitely the main character in this yes, play. Sure. Oh, um, yeah. Even though I would argue she's definitely well, she's still main a main character Dracula. in the books. Like she's well, one of the people who they I mean, Jonathan comes from. Jonathan Harker dies. Right? right, exactly. Like, so she's, yeah, I don't remember for how long of the novel because I haven't read it since college, which was, oh, I don't know, maybe like six, seven months ago. To JK, it was like 15 years ago. No, wait, I'm not that I mean, old. Look, you know, Mina's yes, the one I who am. gets to... Yes, I am that old. Don't don't think about the numbers. I'm not. <laughs> numbers are hard. Anyway, yeah. yes. Mina's the one who gets to be in League of Extraordinary Gentlemen and all that, you know. Oh, yeah. Um. Mm -hmm. Anyway, 
Yeah, I would argue that she's the main character. Oh, but the, yes. I think that the reason that I brought that up is we're wrapping it back around to the fact that very prominently, the story Jonathan's there and like it opens the same way where he's going. Well, I don't know if the it it opens in a way that is true to the book. Most of it's true to the book where Jonathan's going up to Dracula's castle because he's got to do some legal stuff with them. And I know this is stepping back a little bit, but I don't think we can go back to talking about the current. Uh, Dracula fan interest mm -hmm. obsession I, without mentioning um, was it Dracula Daily? I don't know that. It, it's a, I think it's still going. You can s sign up for it. It's a blog that'll email you uh, like the entries in uh, in Dracula on the day it happens in the year. That's very funny. So you get to like experience. kind of kind of experience like the like the real t time what's going on. So you get to be like, geez, Jonathan, what's taking you so long at that? You know, Dracula's castle. That's the funniest thing is like sometimes it goes for a bit without entries and sometimes you get like five in a day or something. Mm -hmm. So it's an interesting experience and I signed up for that, but I kept on falling behind and then what was the point of <laughs> <laughs> Right. So yeah, I think you can uh, Google that and get signed up on the on the uh, email list next time it picks up. I think it's May hmm. happens around my birthday, I think. I, I think remember I right. I also, you know, just remembered, oh, Renfield just got a movie, like, last really? year, right? Yeah. Yeah, Renfield with oh. um, Dewey. It's like a prequel. It's about, like, the, the crossover on the ocean of Dracula to England, I think. Interesting. I, okay. No, I love that actor's name. What's his name? Dewey. So, uh, the, the weird guy from Parks and Rec. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, he's in Chicken the Mirror. I was thinking that that was something I forgot to bring up. That's right. Renfield is also a woman in this, and it actually opens with Renfield like sprawling on That's the true. wall. That was yeah. actually a good touch. They it was have a good opening. Renfield kind of like in the sides of the stage, uh, mumbling to herself and writing in chalk on the walls. And well, the playwright is very interested in Renfield as a character. I yes. think like Renfield almost serves like. Um, I think physically in the space is like this frame mm -hmm. for the story kind of popping in and out because they're able to have the actress like go up on the sides of the actor. I don't actually know this person's pronouns. The person right. go up on the sides of the yeah. stage. I, I think if you're the scene. doing a, vamp, uh, a Dracula adaptation, I think it's a good idea to start at Renfield rather than the start of yes. the story. Yes. Rather than start at a real estate agent. Yes. Real estate agent <laughs> food blog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, what, yeah, Parker's a solicitor, but yes. Uh, uh, by the way, the actor is Nikki Weaver, she, they. Okay. okay. Well, then I said they. she yeah. and they, so there I got go. them both right. Yes. Okay. Anyway, um, yes. Okay. So, uh, so I, I want to back up. Yeah, we should back up, but just really quick. Mina Harker in the original novel, I just looked it up, as far as I can remember and recall from Wikipedia, is... <sighs> Not married to Jonathan, they're uh, engaged. Yeah, yeah, so she's probably not pregnant in the story. Right. And 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 also Ben Schwartz was the actor I was thinking of. Mm. It was a Nick Cage Ben Schwartz thing, and it seemed pretty interesting. Mm. Although I didn't see it, it might be fun. Well, <laughs> I'm sorry for for context. I'm then I took a medication a bit ago and starting to settle in. I'll become a little bit more <laughs> human in a bit as we That's go okay, on. Okay, Della, we're we're just here for the quips. So okay. I've yeah. I, I'm not sure why it'd be different exactly, <laughs> <laughs> but I I want to talk about the feminist approach of this play. 
Yeah. What, what I was talking about there was like in Mina and Lucy's first conversation where like, you know, Mina's visiting her as a seaside town. They're hanging out. Other than establishing their friendship and, you know, their basic characters, it also very specifically has them frame their relation, like how they exist in the society and how that relates to the men around them. And so, for example, Mina's like, oh, I used to kind of go out and have more adventures, but now I'm married and I'm pregnant. And I'm supposed to just stay behind while, like, my husband goes off into another country. And that kind of sucks. Yeah. And meanwhile, Lucy's like, Mina's also like, Lucy, why do you always act so, like, you know, cute and, like, incompetent around your fiancé? And she's like, shut up, don't judge me. <laughs> and, but, like, it's not just for the sake of it either, like because, like, these themes... The author, I feel like, makes sure to tie them into how the events of Dracula play out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, again, I haven't seen, I'm just going off the material here provided in the uh, program, but in, there's an interview with the author, so. Right. Yeah, they mention, they describe themselves as, uh, well, they talked about, they were asked to either adapt Dracula or Frankenstein. <laughs> they were looking at Dracula and, quote, also it's quite um, misogynistic and xenophobic. So as a feminist playwright, I thought it was a really exciting challenge to take it on. So that's the angle they're doing it as they're describing themselves as a feminist playwright. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and I, th I think you can see that angle. Um, I'm not sure if they're entirely successful, like I'm going to point out later. But what they did do that we were just speaking about is focus on the female characters and the relationships between female characters. And then in order to do that, they had to make Van Helsing also a woman, which I do not object to. And that I, I really like that actress. She made a couple like verbal fumbles that I noticed. But other than that, she was like really fun and energetic. Um, so and making Renfield a woman as well. So having a lot of female presence. But Dracula is still a man. Um, well, that's very important because yes, you know, and his thralls are still women. Yes, also important. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, the interview they say um, the story is about people who are not men standing up against serial predators. That kind of empowering action felt like very satisfying revenge fantasy. I mean, wouldn't it be great to stab toxic masculinity in, in his ancient heart? <laughs> oh yeah, and that is satisfying. Like they, they that they did pull off because. When you finally get to the climax of the story, I mean, we don't need to explain the plot of Dracula, do we? Well, no, but but I think we can point out some of the things that are okay. changed. Mm -hmm. And so to contribute to the feminist themes of the story, let's talk, for example, about um, Lucy's fiance. Mm -hmm. So in the book, she's engaged to Arthur Holmwood, not Dr. John Stewart. In this play, Holmwood is removed. She's engaged to Dr. John Stewart. Uh, Stewart. And so then the fact that she feels like she needs to play up, you know, like her her like, you know, performed incompetent femininity to him, that kind of contributes to how like he's then later like unwilling to think anything, you know, like reluctant to think anything like less than that she's like a perfect angel, even when she's turning into a vampire. Also, Dr. John Seward was a former pupil of Van Helsing in the original book. Whereas in this, he's just like, oh, there's this famous doctor who specializes in weird blood ailments. So I guess, like, maybe we can contact them and, like, you know, have them come in yeah. to look at them. But that plays into, even though he's called in an expert and Helsing is completely competent and her treatments do help Lucy's condition, there's still the pushback because she's a woman. And so Seward is, like, reluctant to, um, to trust her or her judgments, especially since he's outside of his own experience. 
And so he's he's very, you know, reticent to, to defer to anyone other than his own doctoral and man expertise in the treatment of Lucy, which is bad and is part of what leads to Lucy fully becoming a vampire and getting staked through the heart. Yes. And and like that whole scene works very well because like there's, mm-hmm. you know, a whole scene she's in bed and the doctors are arguing with each other and, you know. Yes, there's a reason why Seward, like, because again, like, they don't know each other and he doesn't know about vampires in, in this narrative, is skeptical because, you know, Van Helsing's, he doesn't know that vampires exist. So when Van Helsing's saying stuff like, oh, we've got to put like crosses around the room. Yeah, just, or, just trust me. Yeah, like, just trust me. He's like, but you haven't explained it. And she's like, just trust me. I'm the expert. And when eventually he pushes her far enough, she's like, fine, vampires yeah. exist. And he's like, I don't trust you. <laughs> like, I don't believe you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So what's different between like the play and the source material of this part of the story? Well, I mean, almost everything I would, I think, because there's not, that doesn't happen in there, the book. I don't think like Seward doesn't. The whole treatment of Lucy after yeah. she's like, you know, afflicted with possible vampirism is entirely about the push and pull between the women and the man who thinks they know better. Mm. And Lucy's in on that too, because when, whenever Lucy, there's this whole thing about getting shushed. Right. Where like Lucy's ideas and contributions are not being listened to by Seward. But when mm-hmm. Van Helsing shows up, another woman he's like, you seem like a sharp person. Like, what, what are your thoughts? And like, yeah. you know, Van Helsing is will, will absolutely listen to whatever Lucy might have to say or her observations or her experiences. Yeah. And like that. Yeah. I, I think what I was yeah going for before is like that's kind of the more the most standout of the changes here. Maybe not the most, obviously the ending, but like of the scenes. Um, and it's the one where they took the most opportunity to highlight, um, you know, Seward being not a, he's not an asshole. You know, he's like, well, he's an average guy. He's, it's he's like, you're a not dumbass. He, he's a dumbass and yeah. like, he should be deferring to authority. You understand why yes. he's not, though. Yes. And like, he's repentant later on. He's like, you know, he well, like once his fiance dies and once he knows everything is true, he's like, I was a dipshit. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. Like, I'm going to do everything I can to, like, help exactly. out here. And so, like, no, you're not supposed to, like, you know, hate him. But he's an effective foil in that scene, especially because, like, he's representative of institutionalized patriarchy. And, mm-hmm. like, he plays out that role. And, like, you in a. And he's under a lot of stress, like, you know. And and. uh Sorry, he's also, you said institutionalized patriarchy, also that, um, like, racism and xenophobia. Sure. First of all, as we mentioned, Van Helsing is black in this as well. Um, but the, there is this sort of interesting, um, where it's like how Western doctors might treat folk medicine. Mm-hmm. Uh, They're like, oh, that doesn't make any sense because where's the published literature on that? Right, I'm taking out this garlic because I don't think it works, even though, like, can it hurt? Like- yeah, it couldn't hurt, yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, he took the garlic off her neck, that's right, or off her bed. I can't remember exactly, but yeah, it's like, it's like he's upset at the idea that the, I think he already, and maybe his reactions are supposed to be based on the fact that he already has an inkling that Van Helsing is, first of all, a lot more confident than he is. He knows that. Oh, yeah. And that she's probably right, but his, like, male ego can't accept it. Yeah, and also it's like things are totally, feeling totally out of his control, so he's, like, seeking control. and. You know, speaking of control, that's very much what Dracula himself in this text is about. I, I thought it was a good performance of Dracula, where, like, it's very much just, like, um, kind of the abusive patriarchal figure. 
And so Renfield, Renfield, they, they made Renfield a woman also. In, in the interview, the author of this, you know, play said, like, I think Renfield should always be a woman. Like in all of like Dracula yeah. adaptations. Yeah. Well, yeah, and Renfield also gets an opportunity to talk, like, speak specifically to institutionalized patriarchy in um, the mental hospital mm-hmm. where they're being or she's being held. Sorry, the actor uses they, she, the character uses she. Wow. Sure. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. Anyway, on, on. But anyway, the Renfield thing. Actually, I feel like the Renfield thing. They, they, the author finds a way to tie it into the feminist themes. But like, they, they, what they really play up there is more the child adult theme, where like. Renfield has this relationship with Dracula where Renfield thinks Dracula's this father, like she explicitly uses this metaphor, this father that will swoop in and protect her, like that she needs to please at all costs. Like that's, you know, uh, someone above her and responsible for her well-being, but who ultimately will protect her. Mm -hmm. Whereas Dracula just seeks control and doesn't care. Like, you know, all he cares about Renfield is how useful she is or, you know, how I mean, being servile is great, but like he doesn't even care yeah. that much about it. Well, I think this is where this is a piece of where some of the commentary breaks down a little bit for me, because, yes, motivation to make, you know, to elevate the female protagonists and change some of the genders of, you know, like Van Helsing, like female and have those characters go up against Dracula, but then they're also going up against society and the institutions. And most of the humor is the quips that the, the author presumably wrote for this. I mean, I don't think they're from the original. They're not from the original. Sorry. That was never going to be, but the author wrote some really good feminist quips that Mm -hmm. pepper throughout the entire thing, which makes it very humorous and very fun to watch. Yeah. I mean, it's, Um, it's it's funny because the baseline is still horror, but the author finds humor. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, um, sorry, just to finish that thought. Um, so the reason that it's sort of counterposed is because of those quips, you've got Dracula is outside of society as well. Mm -hmm. Right. So you've got society being up against women and up against Dracula. And therefore, sometimes I feel like they don't quite pull off the ways in which you're supposed to think of Dracula as representing the patriarch. It's okay if I just read the part of the interview where she talks about humor. Sure. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I feel like humor is a fundamental coping strategy that I use in my life. My family is the type that makes extremely morbid jokes at funerals. (laughs) I kind of get that. Yeah. So I can't help but sprinkle sprinkle it in. I find it truly irresistible. I also feel like humor helps audiences listen better. If it's only grimness all the time, they can shut down. It depends on the play when you're looking over. Yeah, I, I prefer humor and stuff. This play is definitely walking a tightrope between real fear, fear of predation, of being controlled, and the humor people use to cope with those situations. And I feel that's very true to life. Some of my other plays are more straight straight up comedies. This is swerving into horror. I, I think that's a yeah that, that that was a very apt quote to bring in there. Yeah. And I, I it would, makes I, sense that they're a comedian or that the other plays are more comedy. And yeah. I don't I don't yeah. think it's swerving into horror. I think it's horror with a bo- bunch of funny bits, not yeah. comedy with a bunch of horrific bits. Yeah, really. That's what I thought. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure if I have that opinion. I don't know why I'm saying yeah. I didn't see it, but hmm. <laughs> um, I just like to agree. I think I I just feel like the the horror scenes are played so heavily and dramatically and and a lot of times Mm, distressingly mm. 
like that. Okay. That's kind of that felt like the baseline to me of the of the experience. Yeah, I, I I think maybe I'm just coming at it from a different angle because I think the baseline is Dracula, which yes is horror, mm-hmm. but like to me, well, I was gonna say there's nothing like super scary about this, but actually no, there is. It's only not scary because like, you're like oh yeah, it's yeah, because you're watching a yes, you're watching <laughs> Dracula. You're right. You're right. Yeah, I think that is true. Um, <clears throat> they do, you know, when they're talking about eating babies, they try to make sure that you, like, hear the screams of the anguished mother off stage. you this know, is like, true. Oh, my God. Yeah, they do that. They do that. And I want to point out, uh, Dracula only has two thralls in this. Right. Um, I think it's three women that seduce I, Harker in the original, and it's implied that there are more. I'm certain that's just because we want fewer yeah. actors. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I wanted to point out that those actors... Um, did an incredible job um, of being really creepy. And obviously, whoever directed did an incredible job. Of, I, I don't know how plays work. They were really <laughs> creepy. And I want to talk about them because the, the feminist angles on them is interesting, too. They have some horror stories. Like, they talk about their backgrounds a little bit. Yes. And how, basically, each of them were just fucked over by life. And they were like, and Dracula said he could give us <laughs> power and freedom mm-hmm. and eternal, you know, life. And, you know, then later they have a scene with Dracula where they're like, they confront him about that. They're like, you, because he's like, no, don't, don't go hunt. Like, you know, whatever. I'll, I'll get you like a lamb, like to eat or whatever. And they're like, you promised us freedom. And instead we're like yoked to you. Like we're eating like your dregs we're e- or yeah. like we're eating like whatever scraps you throw us and we have to do whatever you say. And he's basically like, yeah, well, tough luck. Fall in line. <laughs> yeah. But Dracula like, is a, does a great job of being a total fucking dick. But but it's it's speaking to like how you know those promises of like from the patriarchal um, authority that like promises. Oh yeah, you'll have such a great life if you just come with me. But you have to do whatever I say. And like it's a false. It was false freedom. It was false power because even though they like might theoretically kind of. The badass vampires, in practice, they're like, you know, bound to him. Yeah. I mean, yeah, part, uh, vampirism is a multi-level marketing scheme. That's right. <laughs> it's a pyramid scheme. Yeah. That is, honestly, I'll, yeah. And I, I think, obviously, that theme has come through in other works of fiction. But, like, that is really how this feels as well, too, right? Like, I, I was kind um, of... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was kind of wondering, at that point, like, when, when the, the actors for the... Dracula's brides are so cool and like mm-hmm. they're given such some such great lines I was like is something gonna come of this is like is you know the story gonna swerve around them but like because the foundation of the story is fundamentally Dracula at the end of the day they're evil vampires who eat babies and they need to be staked and they are mm-hmm. yeah and I was a little yeah. bit I feel like I was a little bit thrown by that I was like I kind of figured like the feminist angle here would exactly. like take a take a sharper swerve. And that's not the only thing that kind of like bothered me is because, well, let's, I, I think that for at least for how my brain works, it's important for me to lay it all out in the line mm-hmm. that the main thing that I think, I think this was well done. I respect the author for trying to tackle something that was very, very difficult to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but in not, fundamentally coming at it from a complete subversion of the text, some things fell 
down. And that was, we still have the metaphor here of Dracula's sexuality and how that is not a good thing in society's eyes, but it's also Dracula is still fucking evil. So you have to go like, yeah, if it was just the through line of Mina's, you know, uh, Van Helsing stakes Dracula, Mina stakes Jonathan after he turns, like blah, right. blah, blah. Oh, because that's how it ends. Is Mina goes off to stake Jonathan because he gets turned into a vampire. Um, but instead, you have some of the same stuff that was in Stoker's thing, which is like basically making sex, sex, sex marriage evil. evil. Yeah. Yes. Probably still evil in marriage, but we d- we'll deal with it. How entrancing lust is. and Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, that's part of the kind of... DNA uh, of the story, right? Yes. Well, I mean, it's the main point of the story yeah, yeah. is, of a Stoker story is, like, yeah, originally, like, be chased, celebrating the chastity of women outside of marriage, essentially. And, right? and I get it. Subtextually, that's still right there. And, like, it's still kind yeah. of not really dealt with. Yeah. They never deal with that. And they never... Like, I think they could have. I think it might have been easy to, in a way. But that and the, yeah, the thralls just being, I mean, maybe it's all tied together. Sorry, I thought I'd thought this through. But, like, yeah, having the vampires be evil, but also tied to sexuality, and yet having this be a feminist narrative was difficult for me to comprehend. Yeah, it's a bit, because, like, when you're trying to take things just through, like, one lens, like, just going at this as a feminist narrative, it still feels a little bit, like, Dracula as a, as like a queer uh, metaphor or something. It does feel like leaving like queer yeah. men and other people yeah. on the side of the predators and not, not also like victimize or otherwise themselves. Like I was going to ask, is the supernatural in this play like <laughs> is misogyny magic in the, in this play or is that like a no? It I feel like he goes out of her. L- l- let me talk about the very end of the story. Okay. Okay, so Jonathan Harker doesn't die in this version of the play, but he was bitten and enthralled by Dracula. Dracula was speaking through him at one point, like he was under Dracula's direct thrall at one point. And so at the end of the story, Jonathan Harker survived. Mina Harker has survived. Mina Harker, you know, is pregnant, whatever. She's having a last conversation with Van Helsing. And Van Helsing's like, hey, keep an eye on your husband because, you know, he... He, you don't know whether he might have like a little bit of like dormant vamp. Basically, she's not using these words, but like he might have some dormant vampirism mm. lurking inside him. And she's like, no, no, no. Like he's fine. And like I know him and I love him and like he's great. And she's like, yeah, well, basically what she's saying is Ben can change. Or it's like kind of Yeah. The, There's this the, this plays a little quippy. So but, this but, is when they kind of pull she's in the conveying jokes. is yeah. that you might love your husband and think he's a great guy. But also, he's a man in a man's society. And we've had this whole conversation about how, like, like the, the play has been clear about, like, oh, you mm-hmm. can just have your wife institutionalized in this, you know, insane asylum if you need to. And so she's, like, basically, like, be on your guard around men in a men's society as a woman, no matter how much you love him. And, like, it, it, it's, it's couched in the vampire metaphor. But basically, at the end, she's, like, offering Mina a stake, just in case. And yeah. at first, Mina's like, no, 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 no. But at the end takes a stake like he just, takes a stake and yeah you know? and like, so well do you think it was just in case because like i thought it was definitive at the end when she like runs off that she was gonna go and stake her husband I, that's not how i read it i okay. read it as like she has the stake if she needs it interesting so, it, so in a lot of the play it's talking about you know dracula being 
you know, toxic masculinity. And a lot of it is talking about society being, you know, bad and patriarchal. Mm -hmm. But sometimes the metaphor is direct. Now that now that I'm talking through it, you're right. Like in that sense, what she's talking about is uh, patriarchy is magic almost. It's like <laughs> I wouldn't want to watch that cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. Or is that the Barbie movie? <laughs> oh, my God. Don't get me started on that. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's the only point in the story where those two threads kind of come together to a point where it's like, yeah, we're supposed to read this metaphor. But I feel like it's not at all distressing because it's also clear that like, oh, your society is very patriarchal in a non-magic way. <laughs> like, it's not an outside external evil force that's coming into your society. It's like how your whole society is built. Anyway, I take the point that you made earlier, Tori, where like... Um, Dracula's not the patriarchy in their society. And so there's kind of like multiple threads going on in this like feminist allegory. It's not like Revolutionary Girl Utena where like Akio is adult male authority. Yes. Like, and that's everything he represents both, you know, both like practically, like literally and, and subtextually or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like Dracula's over there, but also England sucks. And... <laughs> Yeah. And like, don't get me wrong. I don't have a problem with the author working, you know, through multiple lenses for this. Mm -hmm. But I do think that there's a way in which they didn't connect because I think Della, I think you pointed it out. It was like there's still the persecution of queer men that's being represented in what Dracula is. And that's not or just sexuality, even in general. Mm hmm. Um, and that's not going away in this story. They didn't do anything to address Dracula's like representation of being a sexual being and that being negative. Um, however, what they did do, and I think that did work, is like having the women talk a lot about men and about their own, like not a lot about their own sexuality. It wasn't very overt, but like just being like, yeah, guys. Be no, like but their that. cultural experience, yeah, for sure. It, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And like marriage and like Lucy, especially as a character, like we mentioned, dumbing herself down for her fiance and Mina being like, oh, you shouldn't do that. And, um, but they, I can't remember any of the jokes, but they have no. some really I, fucking good jokes about it. They were like, yeah, yeah it, was, it was quite funny a lot of the time when horror wasn't happening. But <laughs> it also sounds to me like we're like getting to the point where we wrap up. Is there anything else like from the play that we just haven't talked about yet that you want to talk about more? Hmm. We only touched on Renfield. I'm not certain what to say, except that the performance was very good. And um, I don't know. It was extremely good. Um, so I guess what I could say about Renfield um, mentioned that she's working in this frame way, which I thought was like really good. But there also are the scenes where like Mina and Van Helsing meet her in the hospital. And she she's just kind of like, you know, all over the place back and forth, like a good way to portray Renfield. Um, but she's also one of the funny elements even though it's terrifying because she'll like turn around and like lunge at the doctor humor, yeah. and yeah she had a lot of good behaviors I guess that worked but I'm I'm struggling to say that I really want to talk through all of that because again this is a visual thing that yeah. we can't like we can only tell our audience about. You had jokes about eating bugs I promise they were funny. 
Yeah, exactly. It, <laughs> and it was funny. Yeah, sure, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was actually a through line is she kept catching flies. So she had good physical humor for that, of like catching the flies. And then the then doctor she... talks about how she's catching the flies to catch the locusts. Yeah, she's to, working her way yeah, up. Work yeah. To, yeah, working her way up. And I had thought that worked. I mean, it's, yeah, the way they did that was a lot funnier than. And the way we're describing it, yes. Well, I was going to say a lot funnier <laughs> than Bram Stoker's Dracula, but then I was like, that's not hard to do because Bram Stoker's Dracula is not, not funny. funny. Not funny. <laughs> yeah. no. uh, so I don't know. Why don't we do closing thoughts? Or, do we do normal closing thoughts? Because I feel like we've been ranging all over about like yeah. things that weren't quite working with us. Yeah. Like I've already said my complaint, I think. Okay. I've, though I could, suppose I could couch it in a different language and say that I think the metaphors were there, but they were working at cross purposes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's hard to review a play because there's so many arts to have opinions on like the, the writing you can have opinions about the staging mm -hmm. about the uh, uh the costuming about the the direction about how each actor takes each direction yeah. the sound design you know so it's yeah it's difficult to talk about but it is a, when it comes down to it, about the overall experience and expectation yeah mm -hmm. and also i just wanted to mention that this uh playwright this is apparently like a, like a like a groove for them because before they also did Miss Holmes and Miss Watson Apartment Two B like earlier. Oh, oh, we that would have been good to that. see at Portland yeah. Center Stage. I, I think it was at Portland Center oh, Stage earlier this year, and that's described more as just comedy. Yeah, straight up. I would believe that. Yeah, I think that'd be really cute. Yeah, and maybe this part of the you know the thing is that. They were working a little bit outside of their scope. This was kind of a new experiment. It sounds like they're expanding their scope into yeah. Indeed. horror. Yes. And who knows what it would have been like if it was just comedy. Yeah. And that having been the case, I think it was pretty well done. Like, Correct. I, I would also watch Miss Holmes and Miss Watson, a feminist revenge fantasy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like trying to imagine what the plot of that would Not be. Not sure who the revenge is against, but you know. Yeah, exactly. I'll just take uh, Great Britain. Alternate universe... Holmes. <laughs> yeah. Sherlock Holmes in the 22nd century. What? Yeah. All right. Well, what were our favorite things about the show, do you think? Bella, you go first. I'm just <laughs> What was your favorite thing about a show you haven't seen? Uh, I like the picture on the front of the program. There you go. Van Helsing staring us down. It's very good. Oh, look. Yeah. Van Helsing's costume was very vampire hunter Carmen San Diego in a very good way. Oh, yeah. It was like all like brown leather with the big hat. Like, and I, I get, I like that actor quite a bit. Yeah. Um, I, I like the acting. I thought that they all did a great job, and so all the, really all well the jokes were funny. Like, <laughs> and all of them. You know what I think was good about this show with the casting. Confused. Looking, oh, <laughs> sorry, I'm just processing my thoughts because I'm having them right now, and right. thinking is hard. <laughs> uh, as I was glancing over the summary of actual Dracula here. I, I knew that they had cut one character. They cut more than one character. I knew they cut Quincy Morris, who has no point in the original story anyway. And I only just realized now they cut Arthur Holmwood. I feel like in narrowing the cast down so much, not only are all of the actors very good, but every character is so different. Mm. Like as an individual and as a performance, they're yes. so distinct. Yes. I mean, look, other than... Oh. A pair of Dracula vampire brides who are not as distinct as everybody else. Like, but taking them as one unit, it's mm -hmm. like, it's very fun to watch because all the performances are very good and every character is so, like, so fully fleshed out in, like, a completely different sphere. 
it was like watching um Dracula talk with you know the rather meek Jonathan Harker was very entertaining yes. and you know watching Van Helsing talk with Dr uh Dr what's his name um were also very entertaining they're just so so different people that like there's the back and forth between any given pair of characters I thought was very good mm-hmm. I agree and um I had a thought but I don't want to take us on too long of a journey but I do wonder if the author's kind of like choice to have to maintain the heterosexuality of like the brides seducing Jonathan as opposed to Dracula himself, which sort of felt, you know, like in a Rocky Horror Picture Show kind of way could have happened differently. But um, was because we are supposed to still think of Dracula as representing an evil of the patriarchy, which is wrapped up in heterosexuality. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to lie, like Dracula definitely seemed like he was flirting with Harker. Like could not (laughs) avoid that. I'm not sure you can. Yeah, Yeah, I don't think you can. (laughs) But all of that thought was just leading to Dracula was great. Yeah. The actor who played Dracula was just like so charismatic. And that's hard too, because then you're like, but he's evil, but he's so charismatic. (laughs) That's the horror. <laughs> yes, the horror is charisma. <laughs> anyway, yes. No, it was good. It was good. I, I think we spent some time like kind of going like, oh yeah, there's some things that didn't work, but um if this was something you could watch, I would recommend seeing it. But you can't, so, so I don't I mean, know just what wait we're for even the Broadway here. revival, I guess. Well, there's productions <laughs> that go off in different Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll see what happens to it. You can keep an eye out. Mm-hmm. Um but until then, I guess we're wrapping this up, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we, yeah. I can vent stuff to keep talking about if you want to go for another hour or something. You know. <laughs> I know. I was going to go on a whole tangent about like Buffy and vampires. But no, I think okay. we've covered our material. Yeah. And I'm glad that we did. Quick question about Buffy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does Dracula ever show up in Buffy? <laughs> Dracula is mentioned in Buffy. No, Dracula shows up. Dracula shows up that's right, to, in the right? first, second season. Oh, it's Early like the on. first episode of like um, third or fourth, or fourth okay. season, fifth season. He do- no, he totally, later. yeah. That's like a thing. Okay, it's no, I, I just assumed he would have to. Like, I mean, the, it was a season opener for one of the seasons. It was Buffy versus Dracula. Of course. Yeah. Of course it was. But it was more of the like, it was back when they were a little more episodic and it wasn't like that big a deal in the strand scope of Buffy. Uh, it's the season five pr- premiere. Oh, I really thought it was earlier. No, it, it was huh. it was later. There, yeah, and and you know Xander goes full Renfield, and that's right. But it was more. I guess I maybe I was thinking it because it's more like a like kishy kind of like reference. And, and, and like the than... Dracula was like this uh, this attractive charismatic guy because you know that's good casting. And in the season eight comic, it opens with let uh, they go back and find Dracula again. Mm-hmm. He's all like gray and old and depressed because he misses Xander. Aww. <laughs> yeah. It just like let, let himself go, but he looks like a like an old corpse just about. <laughs> then then like they, they recruit him for something and he like dresses back up and youngifies yeah. again. <laughs> I don't know why I said awe because it's actually like kind of weird, but yeah, then it's, it's also like <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I have like way too much empathy for evil people. I think this is what's happening. That's just something I remembered from like that uh, part of the comic. That's over like like the lesbian part of the comic too. So I, I thought that was a funny thing. <laughs> <Interesting>. <laughs> that, that Dracula got so so into 
seeing Xander for one episode. <laughs> well, and that I I like that subversion though because you know Renfield in Dracula is like yeah just poisoned of poisoned of the mind because Dracula is this powerful evil but like mm-hmm. having the idea that Dracula could be like actually loving the people that he's because like why else does Dracula reach out you know so yeah. I, I do like that subversion anyway moving on I think we are you, moving you to the end this, did I? I all I did was ask a simple question <laughs> you can't do that I was expecting us. you to yeah. just say yes or no and not elaborate at all why would you ever expect that oh wait oh nice to meet you <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll bring it home bring it on home to me this was a special episode of Retro Fanfic Retrospective, Dracula, a feminist revenge fantasy, really, adapted by Kate Hamill and directed by Marissa Wolf and acted by nine union actors. Who I will not go through all their names here. Uh, you can find it. You can't find it. Well, I did a Google search and there's different productions and stuff. And okay, there are. Workshops and things and like... Uh, Midwest place. It's possible. Okay, good. You'll you'll have to track it down yourself, like if a it vampire to be hunter in a festival in your area. There you go. <laughs> the intro song to the podcast is "The Weekly Fair" off of the album Popey's Incredible Adventure by Komiku. The outro song is "Run Against the Universe" from the same album. You can find that album and other works by Komiku at loyaltyfreakmusic.com. Our podcast continues to be edited by Della Rose, an immortal unchanging being who will be editing this podcast forever i'm very much changing (laughs) (laughs) Uh, okay can you be like um i don't know my thrall then who like is forced to edit podcasts for eternity look we got to do something got to do something here yeah you're in control of the podcast yeah (laughs) (laughs) wait a second starting to think this relationship (laughs) it's a bit tough I mean, I I got top surgery last month. I'm very That's true. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. You can find our website at retrofanficretrospective.podbean.com or bit.ly slash retrofanfic. And if you have questions, comments, or thoughts about the episode, best to contact us by email at retrofanficretrospective at gmail.com. I've stopped pretending that I do anything on social media. You can also leave comments, reviews on Apple Podcasts or whatever. I'm Amato. I'm Tori. I'm Della. We're just three Earth life forms trying to be nice to each other in the face of the patriarchy. Until next time, take care. Yeah, it's Christ on my high school. <laughs> I want to be nice in the face of the patriarchy. No, to each other. Well, I know that. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, I guess they'd get upset. Okay, I accept it. I mean, I know I'm the patriarchy, but. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and you've been very nice, though. <laughs> I'm a motto. I'm Tori. Yellow. I'm just, uh, I'm just three earth life forms. We're just three (laughs) earth life forms trying to be nice to each other. Until next time, take care. You want to do it again? I don't know. (laughs) Well, what are we looking for? Perfection here?